Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Talk Portland. Intercom Radio Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham with information this time on how you can help out people affected and devastated by the wildfires this summer. Let's talk about it. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Ken Brown with The Hope Project and Kristen Lincoln from Living Room Realty. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Gary. Sure. Well, Ken, let's get started with you and have you explain to us what The Hope Project is. Uh, The Hope Project is a nonprofit uh, based here out of uh, Eugene. Um, We're kind of a fast response uh, group in the sense that um, we get get calls on a daily basis or or people punch in through our website uh, asking for mainly we we try to we, we do a lot with families. We do a lot with kids in the area. So we'll take, you know, 30 or 40 calls a day that relate to, uh, uh, maybe beds that, that kids need. They're sleeping on the floor. Lots of school district people will call us and say kids don't have coats or, or shoes or school supplies or backpacks or, or whatever it may be. Um, and then obviously in, in the recent uh, months, it's been uh, working with the holiday farm fire uh, that, that happened here right up to our borders here in Springfield. Um, and we've been working, boy, tirelessly uh, with meals and uh, helping find lodging and clothing and just getting people back on their feet. How long has the Hope Project been going? How long have you been doing this? About 10 years. About 10 years ago, uh, uh, some, some uh, businessmen came to me and said, hey, Ken, we just feel like we'd really like to help our community and, 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 and help kids and help families. We don't really want to make it public uh, who we are. So if you would, uh, and I had been in, in, in the nonprofit world uh, before that, and so they said, if you would like or we would like you to kind of put something together, and uh, it, we'd help you. We'll provide funding and, and get our friends and people together. And we just want to keep finding projects that we can do that maybe people that fall through the cracks aren't getting some, some aid that they might get from the state or the city. Um, and we just want to, we want to find projects and, and just go for it. So that's kind of where the, the roots came from. Sounds like you have some angels hanging out with you. I have some good guys. I have some good people. <laughs> and the community is a great community. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, my, my job is, is uh, fun. Do you have any idea how many people you've helped out over the years? Oh, man. I, I don't. I mean, like, uh, for example, last, oh, uh, the last month before the fire, we probably furnished uh, 41 apartments for single moms uh, working with the state, uh, women who'd come out of abuse situations or, or uh, uh, 
recovery situations and they, they got enough money to, you know, get an apartment from the state, but they couldn't get it uh, furnished. So we provide them with, with furniture and beds and dishes and, and uh, things uh, of that sort so they can kind of get back on their feet. Uh, boy, at, at uh, one, two years ago, uh, for, for backpacks, we did 12,000 backpacks at the stadium here in Eugene at the U of O. So, I mean, the number's probably pretty large, but I, I couldn't, I, I, in the tens of thousands, I'll say, but I, but I don't know exactly. That's awesome. Congratulations for helping out. Oh, thank you. So uh, this, this past summer, the wildfires were a huge deal, and on their own, they were a huge deal. But also, it, of course, happened during a, a pandemic, which made it even worse. Yeah. And it, it's just yeah. been, it's been crazy times, to say the very least. So tell me, how did the wildfires affect the Central Oregon community? Well, uh, the, the Holiday Farm Fire, which is, is the one that, that uh, closely, most closely affected us, uh, starting from uh, the Blue River area, which if you were leaving Eugene and going to Bend, you would take 126. It's the main road. It started uh, about 40, 42, 43 miles uh, east of us, um, and it, it, it has taken out. There, there used to be a town called Blue River, which is completely gone. So we've lost an entire city. Um, it's, it's wiped out, uh, businesses, it's wiped out, you know, 1100 structures, uh, many of those homes, uh, it's taken out, uh, uh, all the, all the power it's taken out all the, the communication. So there's no cell towers left. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty much put it at a standstill and, and you've got problems. Um, uh, when, when it rains now, you've, you know, you've lost all the foliage and the, the trees and, so we've had landslides already with just a small amount of rain we've had. Uh, the river's full of, uh, you know, it, it's one of the most uh, uh, traveled as far as uh, guides for fishing and whitewater rafting, and it's just unpassable in some areas. And so it's really affected every area of, uh, obviously, people who have lost their homes, but people's who, businesses who are now gone, uh, people's summer homes who are gone, and, and tourism, which has just taken a huge pounding. Uh, in that area, which, which with all those people, many of those people I'll say really fed on, uh, those, you know, they counted on those people coming up there to fish or to on their way to go skiing or on their way to, to, you know, go to their cabins or, or whatever it may be. And it's just a, uh, boy, it's just been, it's really hard hit area. So is the area still without power and without telephone service and other Correct. utilities? Wow. Correct. Correct. There's a, uh, we, uh, we took water up. They, we got a call last week that they ran out of water because, there's probably 100 or so, 110 homes that still don't have power. And so they can't cook. They can't flush their toilets. They can't do anything because everybody, there's no city services up there. It's all rural. And so everybody's on a, a well or a septic system. Well, without power, none of those things work. So yeah, it, it's, it's still pretty, uh, pretty grim for some of the people, yes. How are these people managing day to day? Man, I'll tell you, they're, they're strong people. Uh, they got a great community. They're getting great help from a lot of resources. I mean, obviously we're one, but there's, there's other people up there that are, you know, providing some, some services too, but they're just kind of grinding it out. I mean, you've got people living in motor homes back on, you know, just, just plots of land with nothing left. You've got people living in tents. Uh, there's just some people that, uh, you know, no homeowner's insurance, they don't have anything left. And so they're just, they pitched a tent basically back on the property and they're just using a Coleman stove and, and trying to survive. So uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, they're just, they're just, gotten it out every day and trying to find services enough to live and, and, you know, their feed their families and, and, and move on to the next one. It's almost unbelievable to watch. I, I, I get to go up there a couple times a week and it's, 
it's really unbelievable to see people living, you know, tr- trying to survive under those circumstances. You, it's something you see on TV. It's, it's uh, something you watch that happens somewhere else. And all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of our 9-11 or, you know, put your stamp on it. It's our hurricane. It's whatever you think you've seen somewhere else. It's happened right here on our doorstep. My goodness. That's, that's, uh, that's tough to hear. Yeah. But it's it, reality. It's rough to watch. Yeah. We are talking today with Ken Brown of The Hope Project. And also with us today is Kristen Lincoln from Living Room Realty. Now, Kristen, every year, it seems like for the last few years anyway, I always get to talk to you because you and Living Room Realty are always willing to help out. And this year you're helping out The Hope Project. We are, and we're always so grateful for your help and you know, getting the, the message out. Um, as you know, in the past, we've always run a really robust, successful, brand new coat drive uh, with a partner here in town. And this year, it just didn't feel like the right, the right move. Um, there obviously, you know, pandemic, fires, all these kind of big, heavy things happening, and um so we kind of set about searching for something a little bit different that felt more relevant. And um, I came upon the Hope Project, and I was so impressed with the way that, you know, donations and money flows through directly and swiftly to the folks in need and just the scope of work that they do from getting a kid a pair of shoes to, you know, when the wildfires ripped through this town, people left at a moment's notice. And the Hope Project, less than 24 hours, had food carts at hotels, motels, campsites to feed not only the displaced folks, but also people who are working to fight the fire. And so we saw them as a great partner um, for, you know, our, our giving project this fall to help um, help them do their amazing work. And what amazing work it is, man. And sounds like it's, it's tireless and, and ongoing for sure. Ongoing. And that's when I, you know, first called and I spoke with Ken about, you know, kind of what they were doing, <clears throat> excuse me, and how they were helping. You know, one of the things that he said to me that really struck me is like, this isn't going to be over by Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know, this is this is a long, you know, a long haul and we're going to need supplies and help for a good duration. And, um, you know, what we can, whatever we can do to help put a dent in their needs, we're so excited to do. These fires were really devastating in one of the most beautiful areas of Oregon. So uh, a lot of us here in the Portland metro area travel that way. We go to Bend, we go to Central Oregon, we go to Southern Oregon. Um, how can we help out? Well, right now, well, that's what I asked Ken, because the need is so great, right? It, it could be overwhelming. Oh, they need, I mean, they need everything. These folks literally lost everything that they had. Um, so we tried to kind of boil it down to where, where's, where are they at in the process and what's the most immediate need. And something as simple that maybe we all take for granted we have laying around in our shed is shovels. Shovels, uh, flathead, roundhead, metal rakes, um, garden hoses for cleaning up, work gloves to protect their hands. Um, you know, in, in order to rebuild, a cleanup is going to have to happen. 
and um, they need literally thousands of tools. You know, these tools are put to hard work. They're going to break. They're going to get worn out. Um, The homeowners there don't have their own tools because they all burn up. So something as simple as a shovel is going to do a lot of work uh, for someone who needs it. Yeah, you say they need everything, but, you know, honestly, I wouldn't have thought a shovel would be the first thing that they would need. I would think um, clothes, maybe food, shelter, but you're right. Tools are super important right now. Yeah, really, really impactful. And I, I was thinking about just the journey of one shovel, say, somebody gets inspired by this project and goes out and shops, or maybe they have a sturdy used shovel in their, you know, shed or garage, and they give it to me, and we have this moment of gratitude um, in, you know, in their gifting of of this tool, and then I get to give it to to Ken, and then we have this moment of gratitude and gifting, and then he gets to empower, you know, volunteers and the homeowners um, by giving them what they need. It's just kind of the journey of joy, if you will, that one simple shovel can can have. Where, how, and when can people locally uh, make a donation? Well, um, because of the pandemic, our offices aren't open on, you know, obviously a regular schedule. But you can call, um, you can go to livingroomre.com, call our main number, and we will coordinate um, a time to meet you and get your supplies. We also have some uh, predetermined drop-off time slots, windows of time. Um, in our southeast and our southwest location. So you can, again, go to livingroomre.com, call that number, and find out if there's a drop date that works for you. And if there isn't, someone will meet you. Um, I would even be, if you ask for Kristen Lincoln um, and you're in the Portland metro area, I'd be happy to come and collect your donations um, from you as well. Whatever it takes to get you know, the, the tools in the hands of these folks who need them is what we want to do. And that's what's amazing about you, Kristen, is you are just always there. You're ready to help. <laughs> I, you know, it's overwhelming to think about all the need in the world, right? So we just have to pick a thing and do what we can. So that's what I'm happy to do. Well, thank you for doing the work you do. We're talking with Kristen Lincoln from Living Room Realty and Ken Brown with The Hope Project. Ken, what does it mean to have Living Room Realty uh, be on your side like this? Well, you know, it's... Uh, it, 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 it's a little overwhelming because you, you receive this uh, email uh, from someone you don't know, and it says, hey, you, you know, you don't know us, but here, here's who we are, and here's what we do, and, and we'd love to help. We've kind of, you know, did, done a little research on who you are, and could you send us a little more information, and we, we you know, we'd like to have a conversation about uh, coming together. And then you have that conversation, and you realize, man, these people are, are passionate. Um, they, 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 they love what they do. I, I was in there their office meeting this morning and they're a, they're a great group, a fun group. They were welcoming people that they hadn't seen for a while back. I mean, it's to, to have this, uh, the quality of people and, and, I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I, I did a little research on them too, to find out who we're working with. And so I, I am over, uh, I, I'm overwhelmed and it's, you, I'll, I'll say this. I get to work with a lot of good partners, uh, uh, in, in this project and many other ones. And these people are, just what they've done and what they do for, for uh, during this time of the year, as well as all year long. 
I, I can't, I don't know that I have a whole bunch of words to say, except, uh, you know, that they're great and it means the world because I know what it means to the people on the end of the line to get a new shovel or a shovel or a rake. I mean, it, you might think, well, you know, we're giving them a shovel, you know, Merry Christmas. No, I mean, this is life changing because they're starting from zero and they've got to clean this area out so they can, so they can do what they're going to do next. And, and it's a tool that's, it's, it really will. I mean, I know it sounds maybe silly or, or cliche-ish, but it will change the, the lives of people by putting a new shovel or by putting a, a rake in their hand. Yeah, I wanted to ask, what has the response been from the community that that's, was so affected by the fires? What has their response been to this generosity? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, the people are overwhelmed. Um, they're in great need, obviously. But, but most of the time, you'd never know it. Um, I'm, they're, they're not, they're not up there asking. They're not, you know, they're not calling and going, Hey, we, you know, we don't have a house. We need, I mean, they are, they are, they're, it's tough to even give to them. Like I said, they're a, they're a tough crowd and they know they need, they need that. But you know, people have a hard time sometimes accepting, but I, I think once they, you, you step back and look at it and they understand, Hey, we're not, we're not there to put our name on a banner or anything. We just want to, you know, get you and your family, especially the ones with families. It's just, it's just life. It's just gut-wrenching to, to watch kids walk across the ashes of their, their house for the first time and know that that was their bedroom or, you know, this used to be their fireplace or, you know, they can't find their dog because he ran. I mean, it's, it's so, but they're, they're grateful. Let me say that. They are just more than grateful. And uh, it, we, we just, we want to do whatever we can. What's the response been from people donating? Are people really giving, giving right oh. now? Oh, we're, oh, my yeah, goodness. we are yeah. getting so much response. It's great. <laughs> It's, it's been great. Strangers coming to our office, calling, phoning in, bringing. Because um, one of the other things that we're doing is collecting crock pot, crock pots, and toaster ovens um, for the folks who don't have, you know, proper kitchen. And um, you know, a lot that obviously resonated with a lot of people. We're getting a lot of crock pots for you, Ken. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know what? This is a perfect time to be shopping, too, because just about everything's got a pretty good price tag on it. You can get yeah. some, some inexpensive things to help out. That's awesome. Yeah, stretch a dollar. Yeah, and, and let me say just quick to you, too. You, you guys know this, but it's, you know, you, you, uh, to help out uh, during a pandemic is, is, makes it 10 times as hard uh, than it would be if, you know, it's never good for to, to lose this many cities and, and towns and, and uh, houses in a fire. But, man, to try to do it when the circumstances surrounding are in a pandemic, the people, in, at least in this area and the, and the people up there, it's just been overwhelming because it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to give. Uh, it's not easy to, you know, uh, to, to help, to work, to volunteer. And, and yet people have, uh, boy, they've just they've shined in this moment of, uh, of darkness. Well, Kristen has let us know yeah, how people, people are really showing up. Oh, good, good. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. Well, I was no, Kristen. It kind of explained to us, definitely explained to us how people can help out in the Portland metro area. But if uh, folks are listening south of Portland, kind of even down near Springfield in Eugene, how can they how can they help out down there, Ken? Uh, they can go to uh, uh, hopeprojecthelps.com uh, and do the same thing. They can uh, they can request uh, uh, they can look for the location of our warehouse. They can drop stuff off there. Uh, right now, there's usually someone there almost all the time working. Uh, we're doing a big Christmas present thing for some of the kids that live up in that area. We're collecting the, the tools and getting ready to take up there. Uh, so that's the best way. They can call that number that they find on that website, and uh, they can even donate if they choose to say, hey, I can't shop, but I'd love to have some new tools bought. You know, they can, they can go online there, and there's a give button, and they can give there too and, and uh, help out that way. 
And money's always a good thing, right? It's, it's never bad. It's never <laughs> bad. <laughs> How do you guys distribute all this stuff to the people that need it? We have a, we have a, a great system. Uh, and also, let me say this. I just I, uh, uh, mentioned it, but uh, we, we're, a, we're a, a 100% volunteer-based group. And so no one takes a paycheck. No one takes any money. Um, and so every dollar goes there. So what we do is, I mean, we're figuring the needs. Uh, we, I, I probably go up there, like I said, a couple times a week, we have a guy, we just loaded a, a gentleman with truck with the toilet paper this morning, who's headed, who's headed up that way because that's what they needed. But we, we get a call or an email from, uh, the two service centers that we help uh, support up there. Uh, and they're just basic needs centers, but we find out what they need. Uh, and then you, I kind of go up and just walk through the, through the town and talk to guys that are working in their houses and find out from, from local people, you know, where are we in the, we're in the process? What, what you, what's going to happen next? What, what will you guys need next? And that's why when we started this conversation, uh, uh, we, we knew kind of where they were going to be in the process. And we knew that the tool thing was going to be big and vital starting from now till boy, you know, months to come. And so if we could get these tools in their hands, uh, based on what we knew the timeline was, it would be good. So we're just kind of, you know, ears to the ground, boots on the ground up there, trying to uh, keep in touch with them. Ken, what are some of the unique challenges facing these people that were affected by the wildfires? Some things maybe people hadn't thought of. Uh, the road is, is the biggest challenge. Uh, 126 is a two-lane road um, that, that just really still hasn't been uh, fully operational because the, you, you probably have four or five stops that you get, uh, places you get stopped on the way up there. It's just a, a, a small road, but they're still trying to string uh, wire for, for uh, electricity. Uh, there's lots of slide areas uh, because it's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's a river on one side and it's cliffs on the other. And so when the rains come without the trees being there, you've got stuff sliding in. They're still trying to remove trees. That's a big one. So the, you know, what used to be a 45 minute drive can turn out to be a, you know, an hour and a half, two hour drive sometimes, depending on where the work is. So getting supplies up there is, is not uh, always easy. Um, but simple, basic things like electricity and, and the internet, you know, they just don't have it anymore. And it's just kid, you know, kid with, with the, with the pandemic, the kids are, are trying to take school online. They can't. So they all have to meet in a parking lot where they can actually get service and you'll go up there at a restaurant uh, up there in blue river. And you'll see all these families sitting in their cars trying to have their kids do do homework because uh, it's the only place they can get internet access to do, to do the work, you know, since they can't go to school. Um, it's simple things that we, you know, sometimes don't think of that, that, uh, boy, have, have been a huge challenge for them. And what about the weather? What's the weather like in the wintertime there? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's going to get cold. Um, it, it's, you know, the elevation is, is a little bit above, uh, not uh, Eugene. So you're not quite, at, you're, you're just at the base of the, uh, the Cascades. Uh, so you're going to get, you're going to get a lot colder weather. You're going to get some snow when we wouldn't get it down here. Um, uh, and when, and you know, when it rains here, it, it rains colder there. So, uh, it, it's, it's a little different. Um, I, I'll tell you, um, it, it, it's their, their average, you know, temperatures a lot lower than ours because of the elevation they're at. Boy, it's wintertime too. Hmm. Yep. Well, let's bring Kristen back in and have her, uh, Kristen explain to us how people can help out here locally in the Portland metro area. Yeah, if you would like to help these folks, you know, start building back, um, we are looking for uh, sturdy, can be used or new, uh, round-tipped, flat-tipped shovels, metal garden rakes, um, hoses. Uh, we'd like to have, you know, every family have their own hose. 
um, work gloves. They're going to burn through work gloves like crazy. So we'd love to have lots of gloves for, you know, the folks rebuilding and the volunteers that go out to help. Um, in addition to that, we're wanting to support the folks who are trying to get back to their community. Um, and one of the things that, you know, Ken mentioned he was at our virtual meeting, company meeting today. One of the things that really struck me is that they are building a shed at every home site so they can house these tools permanently there um, <clears throat> for whoever needs to use them, the homeowner or volunteers if they come up. But what, you know, and they're buying motorhomes and they're basically working on getting the community back to their hometown and together, um, which I thought was really powerful is, you know, you've lost your town and if we can, you know, help you not lose your community at the same time, they can be there to support each other. Um, so, you know, that means maybe being in, you know, a trailer or something that doesn't have a proper kitchen. So we're, we're supporting those efforts by also collecting crock pots, um, toasters, toaster ovens. Uh, we've got a couple skillets, you know, uh, anything that could help, you know, somebody cook and be self-sufficient um, over the winter. And as you mentioned, you know, we're in a pandemic. It's not like they're going out to eat. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they've just lost any everything, so that's not sustainable anyway. So some tools, um, some cooking stuff, crock pots, toaster ovens would be great. And then if you want to get them in our hands so we can get them to Ken, you just go to livingroomre.com. You can call the number there or email welcome at livingroomre.com and find out how to um, make an appointment to drop off your donations, how to get your donations picked up from your home, or if there is a pre-scheduled drop date that would work best for you. I'd like to thank both of you for doing the work that you're doing and helping the people out in Blue River and the Holiday Farm Fire. That You're doing amazing work. Thank you. It's our pleasure. If you'd like to hear this interview again, a podcast is available online. Just search Let's Talk Portland on the radio.com app. Let's Talk Portland is an intercom public affairs program.